2: Slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. Okay, I've delayed as long as I can. Tuesday night's game against the Milwaukee Bucks sucked. It was unacceptable, and it just shows the difference between a championship-level team and a young team like the Orlando Magic that doesn't know how to play at that level. Well, these are the lessons you got to learn, and the big lesson is you got to be yourself. We're going to try to be ourselves here on Locked On Magic. You are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 8th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip Rr underscore O M D. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, oh boy, the Orlando Magic had a rough go of it against the Milwaukee Bucks. We will break down exactly what went wrong and how the Magic fixed the problem or, or, or what the philosophical lesson the Magic should learn from their defeat. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown Podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The Orlando Magic seemed to get a lifeline Tuesday afternoon. Giannis Anteracupo was ruled out early afternoon, late morning. Drew Holiday was ruled out, and all of a sudden, the Milwaukee Bucks were without their two most important players. The two guys that were most capable of getting downhill into the basket. The two guys who could potentially hurt the magic the most when it comes to when it comes to just figuring it out. <laughs> you know, when it comes to getting into paint making life hard for the Orlando Magic. Making life hard for any team. The, the two guys that make this a championship team. The Magic were facing in undermanned Bucks, and especially in a play-in race, this was a game that you could count as a loss, and suddenly, it felt very winnable. Of course, that, that, that's not how the NBA works. These are all NBA players, and these are veteran NBA players at that. They understand more innately... How to set themselves up. How to put themselves in a position to win, no matter the roster around them. So what does Milwaukee do? They harden their defense a little bit. They still got Brooke Lopez. They still got Jay Crowder. They still got some capable defenders who understand their roles and what the Bucks are trying to do on defense. They switch Brooke Lopez from a jump shooter to a post player, looking to attack the interior of the Magic's defense, especially with the Magic themselves down two key defensive starters in Wendell Carter and Gary Harris. They went after the Magic in a major way. And Orlando wasn't able to stop them. It's it's that simple. Milwaukee was worse. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say Milwaukee was perfect, but Milwaukee still looked like Milwaukee. A lot of the things they were doing were still the same. A lot of the shots they were going for were still the same. A lot of the ways they attacked this Magic defense were still the same, just as the way that they played defense, despite it not being nearly as good without Giannis, was still the same. They took an early lead, and Orlando was climbing uphill the entire rest of the way. And that put Orlando in such a huge bind. That put Orlando frankly, in a spot where they were climbing uphill and trying to make up ground. And as all young teams do, they relied on their offense more than their defense to make up that ground. The Magic had a great offensive game, but as everyone seemed to point out after the game, they lost because they could not defend. Because they just could not string enough stops. They could not figure out how to solve this problem. More importantly, down two starters on each side to varying degrees of skill, level, and ability. The Bucks stayed themselves. The Magic, well, the Magic's offense isn't good enough to sustain without a good defensive effort, even when they score 124 points. The Magic's offense, yeah, it hummed, it got points, but the ball didn't move, especially in that first half when they trailed by 10 There are too many moments where the offense just dipped out. And really all the Magic needed was two or three consecutive stops to get the ball rolling. They couldn't do that. And so instead, all the things that have made this Magic run since December so good worked there. Yes, the defensive scheme has to change a little bit with Mo Wagner in there instead of Wendell Carter. And look, there is no beating around the bush. The numbers say exactly this. Mo Wagner is not a good defender. And, and it's not because of a lack of trying. He's he's great at taking charges. He's decent positionally. But one-on-one, he's getting beat. In pick and rolls, he's getting beat. At the rim, he's getting beat. Mo Wagner is, uh, according to the data from Second Spectrum, the worst defensive center in the league at the rim. Giving up like 77% shooting at the rim. There's only three centers worse than him. They all play fewer than 10 minutes per game. That's not, that is That is a, that is a statistical reality. Uh, Mo Wagner has had a very nice season, but you can see why the Magic shouldn't rely on him as a starter. Especially when teams can attack downhill and pick and rolls. And you can see what Wendell Carter gives this team because he's able to step up the level of his pick and roll defense that allows the Magic to blitz a little bit more um, to to defend. But it, it isn't just Mo Wagner. It was everyone. It was everyone reaching, using their hands instead of their feet to defend. It was everyone being late on rotations, perhaps fearful because of the Bucks making 26 threes last week against Orlando. Nobody really came together to do their job defensively. And that just hits to the heart of the problem. When you're a good team, when you're a championship-level team like the Bucks, you have a way to play. You know how to play that way, and it doesn't matter who's in or who's out. How effective you are might depend on whether you have Giannis, your ability to beat... Good teams or great teams might depend on whether you have Giannis and Drew Holiday or not, and and they're going to need them in the playoffs, obviously, when the level of play steps up. But in a regular season game against a young team like the Magic that doesn't know how to do this, that's how you get a win. And obviously the Magic let Milwaukee get confidence, as, as any team can, and had to climb the rest of the way uphill. This Magic team has said all season they want to be about their defense. And that was, that's was that been the calling card of this team as they've climbed the standings, as they've learned to be a 500 team. And again, we shouldn't sell, necessarily celebrate being a 500 team, but it is an important step in the process of getting where this team wants to be eventually. To take that next step, though is going to require learning how to play your set style. I'm a big believer that, especially in the regular season, you don't change how you play. Personnel you know, personnel dictates your identity, for sure, but you don't change who you are fundamentally because of your opponent, because of who you have out, because of anything else. And I think Jamal Mosley fell into that trap a little bit Sunday when the Magic tried to go small to match up with Portland instead of Using their size to their advantage. Orlando has to learn this trait. And it's one that's learned through experience, confidence, and trust. It's a team with a rookie and a sophomore player leading the way. It's a team that, you know, is good, def- can be good defensively, but is still establishing themselves. But that's the lesson from Tuesday night. The lesson from Tuesday night is you've got to be yourself. You've got to play your way at all times. The opponent doesn't matter. The the situation doesn't matter. You've got to play your way. You've got to play your style. And that's ultimately what it's going to take for this team to take that next step. The play-in tournament is starting to get away from them. And look, it was always a long shot. I know we talk about it a lot. I hope I've conveyed on here, you know, the realistic notion that it is a long shot. It was always a a far-off dream, but one that was within reach and one that could test this team in important ways. Tuesday was an important test. You had Washington playing Detroit. That was, you know, you're going to lose. That's a potential game loss there. But Milwaukee handed you an opportunity by by sitting some of their key players because of injuries. They handed you an opportunity. And that's an opportunity a playoff team has to get. That's that's an opportunity where a playoff team, a postseason team, has to understand who it is and go out and get. This team is still understanding its identity. This team is still understanding what it has to do every single night to win games. And you'd hope this late into the season, with everything this group has accomplished, they would have a better sense of that. That one player out or two players out wouldn't topple the whole house of cards. But that's where this young team is at. It is it is a sign both that, yeah, the Magic probably need better personnel off the bench to fill in those minutes. It is a sign that, yes, this team is still incredibly young and learning these things and learning these hard, hard lessons. It is a sign that as good, as improved as this team is, they're not quite ready to win at the level that they need to be at. Plain and simple, Tuesday's defensive effort was just unacceptable. We expect and know this team can do better. And the sooner this team realizes that of themselves, the better they're going to be in the long run. We'll go through the box score a little bit and then talk a little bit about the play in Chase where the Magic stand. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, I have an exciting new game to tell you about. Uh, I have loved uh, GM games, uh, usually on 2K before I started playing my team, which is sort of a GM game. It's a card-collecting game, but uh, I would always play my career. Well, there's a new game out there that lets you live the dream of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise. Manage every strategic aspect of your team with Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. You play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for everything: hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft, and all the ups and downs of a season. I am just starting to get play this game. A lot of us on the Lockdown Podcast Network are playing it, and all of us are saying it is extremely addicting, addictive, especially for people like us who manage our teams anyway from a podcast. That's that, that's that's and realistic basketball GM is completely free and play, playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. You can at uh, Locked On Magic listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit ProBasketballGM.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. That's ProBasketballGM.com. The Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Let's run through the final box score as the Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I don't even care what the score is anymore. One thir- I think it was one, uh, 134 to 123. There we go. It eventually loaded. Um, again, just not a good game for Orlando. Um, they did a lot. Of, like, the problem, and the bigger issue is they did a lot of the things offensively they have to do to succeed. Shot 50% from the floor. 9 of 33 It's not great, but we'll live. 10 offensive rebounds, 13 turnovers for 20 Milwaukee points, but only 13 turnovers. They scored more than 30 points in each quarter, um, They, except for the first. The first quarter, they, they, they stunk. 19 fast break points, 16 second chance points to just 3 for Milwaukee. Kept them, Milwaukee didn't miss shots, but you, you see the point there. 62 points in the paint. They outscored Milwaukee in the paint. These are all typically indicators that the Magic are going to win games. This game was really about how poor the Magic's defense was. Milwaukee shot 59% from the floor. Only 10 for 28 from beyond the arc. They didn't even take a ton of threes like they usually do. But 32 of 34 from the foul line. Chris Middleton had 14 free throw attempts by himself. It was almost a carbon copy of the Magic's poor defensive effort on... or Not poor defensive effort, but the poor fouling effort on Damian Lillard when he had 20 free throw attempts. Brooke Lopez had 9. Orlando just could not handle... Milwaukee at all whenever they drove into the paint. And there's a lot of free drives into the paint. Again, the Magic were in a deep drop with Mo Wagner defensively. A lot of step-in jumpers for Chris Middleton early got the team going. A lot of easy passes to the to the post of Brooke Lopez. He got them going there. Forced the Magic into some double teams and, and the Magic's defensive schemes just didn't work at all. And you know, look, some of it was, you know, maybe the Magic weren't prepared for how Milwaukee was going to play a little bit differently. Than they did last week without Giannis, so maybe not as much preparation, and understanding of, of how to play and adapt their scheme. Certainly, maybe not a, a quick enough adjustment to that scheme, but also just a really poor effort from everyone involved. And, and and they know it. They used their hands way too much. It was just bad. And look, Orlando had good scoring performances. Franz Wagner had a nice game, 21 points, 10 for 20 shooting, missed missed five five of his six threes, but still six assists. A lot to like about Lloyd Franz Wagner playing to attack the basket. Paolo Carroll, 20 points, 10 for 18, shooting 2 for 5 from 3, 4 for 8 from the foul line. He started off really slow. He really struggled with his shot, but, you know, I, I, I don't think he settled. a t- He did settle a little bit for that mid-range. He's got to continue to get to the basket, continue to get to the line. Again, he got 8 free throws. He got his average there, so didn't make his average, obviously, but... Um, you know, he, he got himself going and found ways to still contribute offensively. But again, a lot of it forced, and, and a lot of the early struggles, that's what put the magic in the hole because, again, they couldn't rely on their defense to get stops. So that 10-point margin in the first quarter, that was a difference in the game. Even though Milwaukee eventually got the lead out to 16 uh, late in the fourth, Orlando was able to kind of reel it back in to where they were kind of within striking distance if they could get stops, but they never could get stops. They found themselves in that hole, and then the rest of the game it was just trying to catch back up. But Franz had six assists. The Magic had 24 24 assists on 50 field goals. The Magic usually average more than 50 average an assist on more than 50% of their field goals. That's when the Magic are playing well, that's what they're doing. Milwaukee had 28 assists on 46 field goals, for instance. Orlando really struggled to pass the ball. It was a lot of one shot, uh, one pass shots or ISO shots. It worked enough. But it obviously led to some moments where the offense struggled and that allowed Milwaukee to extend the lead because Milwaukee was moving the ball extremely well and they were getting to the foul line. Remember those points in the paint do not include free throws. Milwaukee had 56 points in the paint. So they were 28 for 34 in the paint. So Orlando did a good job scoring and scoring the kind of shots that they want ultimately, but Milwaukee also got whatever they wanted to. So this game is all about the Magic's defense. Mo Wagner had a solid game offensively, 18 points, 6 for 7 shooting, 8 rebounds for him, but like I said, really struggled with his, with his defense, just really not engaged, defensive, not engaged defensively at the level the Magic need. Markel folds 16 points, 7 for 13 shooting, had 10 of those in the third quarter, helped the Magic keep pace. You know, Markel just kind of kept going at his level, kept the offense humming enough, um, picking the right guys to go to to, to help the Magic keep scoring. Uh, and more importantly, helping push the pace. Him and Franz did a really good job pushing the pace in this game. I thought that they uh, that when the Magic were most successful offensively it was because they were able to get a few stops, able to get down, get out in transition. And that was a lot of the bench. Cole Anthony, twenty-three points, nine for seventeen shooting, had a really nice game offensively. Goga Batadze, every time he steps in, he seems to make a positive impact. He helped the defense kind of settle into. I would have liked to see him play a little bit more. Twelve points, six for nine shooting, eight rebounds for him. Uh, We did get to see some line, especially toward the end. But again, a lot of desperation there to to get back in the game, just trying to keep the scoring up because they weren't able to get stops. At the end of the day, that's what matters. You look at Milwaukee's score by period. It's 36-34, 32-32. You're not winning many games when you give up more than 30 points in each quarter. Orlando, 26-34, 32-31. As bad as Orlando played offensively, and I do think they played poorly, they were able to score enough they were able to get stops to keep the game within distance and and that's what's most frustrating i would have rather this game been blown out by 30 and we know the magic aren't good enough to compete than to say like guys all you got to do is get a few stops all you got to do is step in this bucks team was there for the picking and that's a huge credit to milwaukee they played well they played hard they did the things they had to do they scratched out a win the magic still had the magic still had this opportunity to win they let it slip through their fingers. They didn't play the way that they ultimately needed to play to get the win. The Milwaukee Bucks defeat the Orlando Magic 134-123. to 123. They continue there. I think it's now 14-game win streak over Orlando. The Magic back in action Thursday against the Utah Jazz. When we get back, we're going to chat a little bit about the play-in race, where the Magic stand right now. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our friends at FanDuel. We are rounding the corner, the home stretch of the NBA season. We're coming up on 15 games left. Pretty amazing. Uh, And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Get yourself ready for the NCAA tournament, by the way. FanDuel is your place to go to get in on the action. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from On.
2: I am starting to run into this conversation. I I think it's going to deserve a a bigger diatribe, a bigger rant for me um, about where the Magic sit in the standings. Um, I detest the kind of... I detest the championship, playoffs, or tink argument. Like, there's no middle ground in, in the development of a team. The fact of the matter is... Yes, the Magic are falling off the pace in the play in tournament. With Washington's win over Detroit last night, a buzzer beater by Daniel Gafford, the Magic now sit four and a half games back of the Washington Wizards for the final play in spot. As I've said, I hope I've said throughout this whole process, it's not the, the, the gap between the Magic and the 10 seed, it's not necessarily the games played as important as those are, it's also the teams you've got to climb over. And obviously we look back at that game against the Pacers a few weeks ago that the Magic you know, got pretty soundly defeated in. That was a big game because it would allow Orlando to pass Indiana in the standings. Orlando now sits two games back of the Pacers. And so if we're, just, or if we're thinking about this as an actual race, the Pacers are starting to pull ahead a little bit even though they are also 4-6 and six in their last 10 games. Orlando now 4-6 and six in their last 10 games as well. The issue with the play-in chase right now is everybody's treading water. So these have been missed opportunities. Washington is five and five in their last 10. Chicago is starting to sink at 3-7 in their last 10. Indiana's 4-6 in their last 10. Orlando's obviously 4-6 in their last 10. They've been 5-5 five five in their last 10 for a little while now. It has been, that has been the biggest frustration. Is that it feels like Orlando could make a run. If they could just string wins together, if they could just get themselves together. They could make a run at this thing. They could take that big leap forward. But they're struggling to do so. They are struggling to make that mark, to take that, to take that leap. And this is really all on them. So at, you know, the magic aren't out of it yet, but this was a big homestand. Even though it was against some, even though it's against difficult opponents, this is a big homestand. Four straight games at home before you go on the road for four straight and, and out west at that. The Magic ending up two and two on this homestand felt like a likely result, but, you know, again, they didn't tip that Portland game in their balance the same way, in their favor, in the same way they tipped the New Orleans game in their favor. And that felt like a consequential win at the time because, again, you, you tipped a game in your favor. The Magic, though, I think shouldn't lose. Focus on this race. And even if it is really hard to get. The Magic should be all in on the play-in race. The Magic should be doing everything they can to make this race. Because it's... it's, The point I keep trying to make about this is it's not about whether the Magic make it or miss it. The point of this play-in race is to feel these pressure games. To feel the weight of a loss and understand how to respond to it. Like I said earlier, I don't think we should be setting off fireworks or celebrating that the team has been 500 since December 7th or a little bit better than 500 since December 7th. But that is a really important step for this team. It's really important that they're able to tread some water and figure things out and still scratch out wins. So that when they do go on the win streak, it, they have a stronger base to stand on. This whole season has been the magic trying to make up that 5-20 and start. That bad start is the reason why the magic were they on the standings. If they would have played, if they would have been healthy, if they would have been played the way that they've been playing for the last two, three months, you know, the whole season, they'd be in the playoffs. They'd be the eighth seed, the seventh seed. You know, probably not the sixth seed. Seventh seed sounds right. We'll, we'll, we'll put ourselves ahead of Miami. We know this team is capable of it. And we should be holding them to the standard of what they're capable of. We should be looking at this team, this young team, this team that we believe is going to be a playoff team at least next year. We'll have playoff expectations next year. We need to look at this team and demand that they reach that level, that they show us they can do that. That's why Tuesday sucked. Because we know this team can be better. And no one should be brushing it aside or or, or saying, oh, this with the lottery pick. The lottery pick is, is nice, but the Magic aren't catching the bottom four. The Charlotte Hornets are fourth in the lottery standings. They're six and a half games behind the Magic. The Magic are still closer to the play-in tournament than they are the lottery. And yes, I know how odds work. And yes, I know that the the deeper you are in the, the, standing, the, the lottery standings, the better your chances of climbing. And especially with Chicago kind of hovering around Orlando. Orlando passing Chicago hit some dangerous territory where the Bulls actually might benefit from the Magic success for change uh, and sneak into the lottery. But that's the key word. At the end of the day, as I've said a million times before, it's a lottery. Don't count on a lottery coming your way. The Magic are in all likelihood getting two top 10 picks in this draft to do with whatever they're going to do with. It's still far more valuable to them, and it should be far more valuable to them, To put Paolo Bancaro in pressure situations. Put him in in situations where he has to win the game late. Put Franz Wagner in situations where he has to win the game late. Where you have to make plays. Where you have to figure out who's going to step up to the plate. Because like I said, next year, this team is trying to make the playoffs. Next year, this team will have actual playoff expectations. This year, it's about learning. This year, it's about experiencing the chase. And that's why, because it's not about this year. This year is not about this year. This year is about improving better for next year. Putting the table for what this team hopes is a long playoff run. Several years in the postseason, making deep runs because of the roster that they built. This is the foundation of that. And you don't gain anything from ignoring where you are at in the standings. You don't gain anything from from quitting. And again, that's why Tuesday was so important because we're ready to hold this team to a higher standard. We'll forgive them and say, hey, take this as a learning lesson. Do better the next time. But we know this team can be better. And we know how this team responds from losses. I expect a strong effort Thursday against Utah. Now, playing without Wendell Carter in that game will be extremely difficult because of Utah's size and and their ability to defend the paint. But we know this team can be better. And it's time to demand that they are. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. you TuneIn, tune in. Him or Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey. And all of the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Locked On Game-to-Game podcast. Get all the updates from around the league. It's like watching every single game around the league with local experts who can give you the big takeaways from those games themselves. It's like listening to every Locked On podcast in 30 minutes or less. Check it out today, Locked On Game-to-Game. It's on the Locked On NBA feed. Download it today on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you download podcasts. That's good to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On. The line Magic Daily Locked On Magic See y'all again next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.